Hey everybody, it's Morgan coming to you live from the Nobby Lobby here in Montrose, Colorado at Highland Cycles. Um, it is currently 18 degrees outside, uh, so chilly, but not horrible. Um, but it's clear and it's going to get up to like 42 today, so it's going to be a really nice day to ride dirt bikes in our valley. Uh, and actually the rest of the week looks really good too. The um, Hey Cammie Newman, what's happening? Um, yeah, the rest of the week looks really good. It's supposed to be like 48 um, before, like on the weekend. So seriously, zero reason not to ride dirt bikes, at least here. Uh, it's going to be really nice. If you watched our most recent video from, hey, Mike Bush, what's happening, Cube? How are you doing, Cube? Oh my gosh, it's good to see you. Um, that is awesome. <laughs> uh, Mike Bush the second, by the way, is living in West Virginia, I believe. Aren't you still, Mike? You used to live out here, and he's shaped like a cube, which is cool. Mm. Cammy, do you have to work this weekend? Because I know today, probably you have to work, but um, Sunday or Saturday, you should go a ride. John Hill, what's happening, man? Um, but yeah, the weather here. Scott Gross, what's up? Uh, <laughs> yes, Mike. Um, yeah, the weather here is cold in the mornings, but perfect in the afternoons. Boo on working all weekend, Cammie Newman. She says she has to work all weekend. That's not fun at all. I don't recommend that. So, I, if you need me to talk to your boss, actually, if anybody who's watching this ever needs me to talk to your boss and tell them that you actually need to ride your dirt bike, shoot me a message, give me their phone number, I will call them. I swear, I swear I will do it. I promise. Uh, same thing with significant others. I'm happy to call them and let them know that you need to uh, ride. Um, honestly, no joke. Gary Loomis, how's it going, man? How's the XR doing? Let me know. Um, the uh, We're going to be talking about XR today, actually. Uh, as I said, we are going to be talking about my Baja 1000 experience. Uh, I've had three. Ah, 15 days straight working. That's no good. I'm not going to tell Chad not to run. Well, ooh, maybe I should because he's still banged up. Corey, what's happening? Um, Cammie, how is Chad doing? And probably I should tell him not to ride unless you just want him to not ride because you're not riding. And then I'm going to tell him to ride anyway. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, as we said before, I'm going to be talking about my Baja 1000 experience. Um, it's been a while since I've been down there, so a lot of people don't know that I have spent a fair amount of time racing in Mexico. And yeah, please, any questions as we go. As always, live Q&A, shoot your questions. Um, hopefully I'll see it and all that. Um, <laughs> he is good and lumps around. Not ready again. Yeah, he probably should wait because I know he's pretty banged up. Um, so... I have been to the Baja 1000 three times. I've raced in it three times and been fortunately, Jim Wells was having it, fortunate to be successful all three times, uh, finish the race, um, and uh, actually have some trophies. So we did really well every time we've been down there. Um, so I'll start with the first one. It's kind of a crazy story. Chuck Peterson saying hi to Cammie. Um, Michael Rowan, what's happening? I in so let's back up. I didn't get my first dirt bike until 2002. Uh, I was 26 years old. I bought a dirt bike living in Gunnison. Yes, my bike was the XR650R John, um, and uh, <clears throat> I raced that two times down there. The last time I raced a little bike. Um, so in 2002, I bought my first dirt bike. In 2004. I watched the movie Dust to Glory in a movie theater over on the Front Range, and I got fired up about racing the 1000. I remember watching old videos as a kid about the 1000 and being uh, stoked about it, but when I watched, uh, hey Ricky, what's happening? When I watched uh, Dust to Glory, I got super fired up, and I decided literally that day, I walked out of the movie theater, I called my wife, who was back in Gunnison. I said, Ruth, I'm gonna race the 1000. I'm gonna do it solo. I'm just letting you know that now before I come home so you know what's going on. And she's, in classic Ruth Spradling fashion, said, hey Chandler Hindley, what's happening? 
in classic Ruth Spradling fashion, said, uh, oh, okay. She really had no idea what that meant um, or what that would actually launch in my life. So I said, okay, I came home. I found a used XR650R because that was the bike that everybody was racing. I bought it uh, for, I think, 2000 bucks. William, what's happening, man? Um, and I bought that thing and I decided I'm gonna go racing. So I bought it, I started learning how to ride it. I seriously, I had two years of riding in my life. Uh, 125, nice Chuck, you raced a 125. So I raced a 250F in the 1000 in 2010, which is same class, not nearly as exciting as a 125. And anyway, I bought the thing, I decided I was gonna ride whatever, life goes on. I'm making plans, I'm gonna do it. Uh, 2005 comes and I, well actually 2000, the summer of 2004 comes and I meet a dude um, up on, um, just on the top of Star Trail, if anybody knows where that is near Taylor Park. The uh, I meet this guy on an XR400 and we start talking, long story short, because it's a really long story, and by the way, Quick plug for my personal blog. If you go to my blog, um, it's just T. Morgan Spradling, uh, author and something dad. Or anyway, on Facebook, hey, Mark Bloom, uh, the whole story's there for, well, anyway. But, so I meet this guy, long story short, turns out he's raced a thousand a whole bunch, finds out that I raced John Bowman. Uh, I'm planning on doing it. He's like, you need to stay in touch with me. I know lots of things. We become friends. That's a really important thing in the long run. He's ended up, I find out he's raced it in the 20s of times back then. Matt Larson, how's it going? I move on with my life, whatever. 2005, my wife and I decide to go to Mexico to watch the thousand to kind of get an idea of what this whole thing is like. We go down, and it's a loop race in 2005, which is the same as in um, the 03 race, which was chronicled in the 04 Dust of Glory. It was a loop race back to Ensenada. 05 is a loop race, we go down and watch it. I'm super fired up. Tons of crazy stories about meeting famous people. Saw Chip Foose down there, all this cool stuff. My buddies who I'd met in Colorado were there. Got me introduced to Bruce Ogilvie, Johnny Campbell. It was super, super cool. Have a great time. My wife and I get all of our stuff stolen, like all of it, uh, out of our <laughs> rental car and had to go back to the United States and buy stuff and spend, it was crazy. So as 2005 is moving along, um, my wife and I find out that she's pregnant. First kid, we're super stoked. Sean Hernke, yes, what is up? Sean and I raced 1007 together. So we find out that Ruth is pregnant with our first child, and we start doing the math, figuring out when he's gonna be born. <clears throat> Turns out it's gonna be the end of August, and I, no joke, I, <laughs> I looked at Ruth and I said, well, so he'll be like three months old when I go to Mexico to race a thousand, so he could come. And she looks at me and goes, you're still racing? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I bought the bike already. I already own the motorcycle, like, I gotta go. So <clears throat> my amazing and wonderful wife, Corey, what's happening? agrees to let me go race the Baja 1000 solo with knowing that we're gonna have a three-month-old son. We decide that he's not gonna go to Mexico. That, <laughs> that was not a good idea. The Ruth is gonna stay home with him. But So 2005 progresses. We get, we have the, I have my son, my beautiful, wonderful son, Thomas, uh, in August, the end of August, and I continue preparations, continue preparations, um, trying to get the bike ready and by getting the bike ready I mean I'm like changing the oil and looking at bolts and things and loctiting things it's a bone stock XR650R 2002 stock suspension stock everything uh, I did put a steering stabilizer on it Willie Watts what's happening put a stabilizer on it that uh, was probably the most money I spent on it that and a light but I didn't upgrade the stator so I put this big halogen light on it that would just dim <laughs> really bad when you rolled off the gas, so it was kind of worthless. <clears throat> and uh, and it wasn't very bright when you were on the gas either. So I, um, Coffeeville, Kansas, right on Sam Key. Um, so I'm 
I've got this motorcycle, it's bone stock. My buddy Fritz, who I was working for, Fritz Cadillac, shout out to Fritz and Gunnison Motorsports, uh, who I used to work for, knows all the people in the motorcycle world and he's never raced a thousand, but he knows everybody who has. Good friends with Larry Rossler and he's like, dude, you're you're an idiot, you know, you're probably gonna die down there, but well, you know, have fun. He gave me the time off. Um, and my buddies in California who I'd met earlier were sending me information on how to get ready and I decided that uh, on the bus, nice, NYC. Say what up to the Big Apple for us, Matt. Um, so I decide I'm gonna take off like the minimal amount of time. I got friends that are gonna go with me for free and I'm gonna help them like pay for stuff, but you know, and they're paying for their own way, all their own gas, all this own stuff because they wanted to help me out. I decide I'm gonna take off just a tiny bit of time and I'm gonna pre-run the first 100 miles of the race and then I'm gonna go race it. And again, you gotta understand, I've been now, at this point, riding a motorcycle for a totally, yeah, absolutely. I've been riding a motorcycle for a total of four years at this point, four years. I've raced like three things ever, hair scrambles, you know, hour and a half, two hour races. And now I'm taking an XR650R to Mexico to race it solo for a thousand miles. And that year, by the way, 2006, check it, if you're doing any fact checking, was a full uh, peninsula run. It was 1,047 miles, I believe, that year. And I'm gonna pre-run the first 100 miles, and then I'm gonna be good. And, oh, by the way, I didn't have a pre-run bike. I'm just gonna take the race bike, run it 100 miles, come back, and then go race the thing. <clears throat> I've hired Baja Pits to pit me, and I got three guys who have also never been to Mexico or pitted for a race that are gonna chase me down the thing. Um, it's a recipe for disaster, honestly. I call my buddies uh, Bob Wadlow and Richard Jackson in California and they're like, dude, you're an idiot. You need to come down here and pre-run with us beforehand because you're seriously gonna die out there if you don't know what you're doing. So I asked Fritz if I can have a little more time off. He says yes. I asked my wife, hey, by the way, can I leave another week early with this new child that we have no idea how to take care of and go to Mexico? <laughs> and she says yes. So I pin it down there. I drive all night with my buddies. We get there. Lloyd Beck, what's happening? We get to Ensenada. I meet the team. They're like, yeah, there's this girl that's gonna solo too. Uh, her name's Anna Cody. You may know her. I'm like, I don't know, Anna Cody, whatever. Sure, and uh, meet us tomorrow, six o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, get ready to go. Um, oh, also, I had borrowed an XR400 as a pre-run bike from a friend. <laughs> He let me borrow it uh, to take it to Mexico. So that night, I jet the bike, the pre-run bike, in the parking lot. I get, you know, guess at it. I don't know. Didn't know what sea level jetting was and anything. Get up at six o'clock the next morning. Meet everybody. There's this chick, Anna Cody. No idea who she is, and she's got an XR650 as a pre-run bike. Matt Simpson, what's happening? Um, and it's all like super like. It's hammered XR650 that she's riding, but like really fancy. I'm like, eh, who is that? Whatever. You know, some girl. So we take off and we go down the road for quite a way. Um, they are the best, Kelly. Lars Erickson, what's happening, man? Um, and we take off down the road and everybody's just flying <laughs> down the road. And I'm on a six, an XR400 with mountain gearing, like way behind. We finally get to the off-road stuff. And I, you know, I've, I've met Anna. She, I, you know, I don't know who she is. I, okay, whatever. And we get to the old Portacitas Road, and this is the only pre-run story I'll really go, and then we'll go into the racing. But we get to the old Portacitas Road. We've got two gallons of gas each on our back because the gas station in Gonzaga is supposed to be out of gas because of a hurricane. And. We look at our friend, Bob, who's like, yeah, you guys go down this road. I'm taking the pavement around. I'll meet you at the end. I'm like, what are you talking about? Pavement? This is a dirt bike race, man. We're pre-run for a dirt bike. Don't you want to ride dirt bikes like on the dirt? And he's like, yeah, yeah, have fun. Proceed to pre-run the old Portacitas Road. And that's Puerta Citas, if you want to look it up online. Um, Puerta, like a door for Citas. I don't know what Citas is. It's a name or something. Anyway, it is the most hateful 30 miles of earth you've ever seen. It's whoops. I'm not joking this deep because they're buggy whoops and truck whoops made out of rock and sand and dirt all mixed together. And it is seriously the 
<laughs> worst piece of dirt ever. And here, Anna and I riding through this with two gallons of gas each on our back. Mine spilling onto my back and burning me. Um, good, high quality Mexican Pemex gas is all over my back. We finally pour the stuff in. During this whole thing, I'm watching Anna ride and she is killing me going through these whoops. I mean, smoking me. I'm like, who is this woman? And she's, I'm a, it's crazy how fast she is and how slow I am. We get through the thing. We end up pre-run for four full days. We have a ton of fun uh, pre-running. <clears throat> I turned, I come to find out, um, <laughs> yes, goat fetus. <laughs> I come to find out who Anna is. Um, she's not only the sister of Quinn Cody, who's on the, you know, the factory team, the factory Honda team, but she's also... Freaking Anna Cody, she's won 13 number one plates in the California desert. She's crazy fast. She's the only uh, person to be on an all women's team, or maybe the first person to be on an all women's team uh, in the thousand before back in the nineties. She's whatever. <laughs> she's killing me. Uh, <laughs> this story is, oh, come on, hang on, Steve. It's okay. <laughs> so we, uh, um, uh, so we finish pre-running, we drive all the way back. My, By the way, my friends who are there are huge helps. They're crazy helpful. Roy, what's happening from Leadville? We're, it's like, they're super helpful. They have no idea what they're doing. They're just driving a truck down to Mexico. And turns out I've now learned that that's just as dangerous, if not more dangerous than riding a motorcycle in Mexico off-road. Crazy stories going on there. We come back up to Ensenada. And now we got two days before the race. Um, I'm prepping bikes. I get to meet Chris Blaze before his accident. Um, super cool. He's this is one of my favorite stories about this whole situation. Is I'm sitting in a motel prepping my bike, getting it ready, making sure everything's good. And Chris Blaze, like the super badass of all badasses, looks at me and says, "So what are you gonna do about peeing?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? What am I gonna do about peeing? I'm not. I'm gonna." get off the bike and pee. He's like, no, no, you're not. But I'm like, and I look around and everybody's like shaking their head at me. I'm like, what do you mean? No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to be on the motorcycle forever. I got all the time in the world. I'm not trying to win this thing. I just want to finish. And he just shakes his head. He's like, dude, that's not going to happen, man. You're going to have to pee. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, everybody runs a catheter. I'm like, a catheter? He's like, yeah, it's an external catheter. It's like a condom, put it on your wiener and run it out the back of your, I'm like, dude, that, I don't have that. I, he's like, well, you'll just have to pee your pants. I'm like, pee my pants? What are you talking about? I'm not peeing in my pants. He's like, oh yeah, you're going to pee your pants. Whatever, dude. And it's funny that this guy who's won the thousand before, Cammy, have a good one. Go back to work. Who's won the thousand before is telling me things and I'm honestly just not believing him like an idiot. <laughs> I just like, no, nah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And <clears throat> so let's fast forward to the morning of the race. It's 4.30 in the morning. We get up. We're staying in a super terrible motel with roaches everywhere. No joke. Big roaches. And we get up in the morning. My guys are all ready. We lock everything up. We, I'd say, all right, boys, I'll see you in 350 miles because they're going to meet me at this place called El Crucero, which is down the way. If you know Baja, you'll know where that is. Um, it's on the way to Bay of L.A., or Bahia de Los Angeles for the Spanish speakers. And um, we part ways. I ride my motorcycle down the start line. Uh, pretty hard to describe the excitement and the craziness that's going on. Harry Reynolds, what's happening, man? Live from Alamosa. So hard to describe the excitement that's like your heart's beating in your chest like crazy. It's the Baja 1000. There's all these people. My guys, they're gone. I'm literally all by myself now. <clears throat> I, I mean, there's humans everywhere, but I've got no friends, like really close friends. Anna is like way up in the pro line. I'm way in the back, um, so I'm not talking to her. And I'm sitting there, and I go to fire my bike up after I got down to the thing, and it won't start. <laughs> the dumb thing won't start. And I start to freak out. I finally get the thing started, and... Um, it, it, whatever, I'm panicking. But the thing started, it's warming up, and 
sitting there, you know, waiting for my turn because the the races every you know every thirty seconds they let people out, but you know there's hundreds of racers. Six thirty in the morning, it's cold even in Mexico, um, like crazy cold, and so we're um, you know it's freezing. I'm cold. I don't have enough my clothes on because I know I'm going to be hot later anyway. I'm thinking about peeing in my pants, like how what that's all about. I don't know what the heck's going on. I get up, they're selfish. I mean, it's full on like just all the movies you've seen, and that's the coolest thing is like it doesn't just disappoint. <laughs> there are people everywhere. There's the famous guy waving the flag. There's all this stuff, and they wave the flag, and I take off. And it's hard. I cannot possibly put into words like the emotions and the excitement and the terror and all the nerves and everything that happened when that green flag waves and you launch out into the streets of Ensenada knowing that not only are you racing like the biggest point-to-point race in North America and the, one of the most famous races ever but that you have a thousand miles <laughs> to ride this motorcycle a, a thousand miles that's a long way and um, I'd ridden most of the course in the pre-run, we'd skipped a few pieces, uh, especially the beginning, so I had no idea what that was like. Take off, and I just remember thinking it was like a dream. I mean, you couldn't believe what was going on. And everything's going by, there's people everywhere. You hit, finally get to the dirt, there's dust, like you can't see anything, and there's Mexican, you know, nationals pointing you different directions. I don't know where's right, what's wrong. I just know that don't crash the thing. I'm passing guys. I'm like, what the heck am I doing passing guys? Like, what are they doing? You know, I'm already going slow. <clears throat> They're, I don't know, whatever. So we go around, get out, finally get out in the big desert. And we're riding and riding and riding. And sure enough, I got to pee. I'm like, ha, ah, that Chris Blazer guy was right. Ah, whatever. But no, he's not right. I'm not going to pee my pants. So I pull over, get off my motorcycle, walk over, pee. If, you're, if you've ever done that, which I'm sure we all have here, if we've ridden dirt bikes, men and women, I've had to pee. It's kind of a thing once you have all your gear on. <clears throat> so I pee. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's freaking people flying by me. I'm like, okay, you're not racing those guys. You know, they're in teams, you know, just like whatever. Whoa, whoa. Get back on. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work at all. That is not going to work. So I keep on riding. We go down the goat trail. If you guys remember from Dust of Glory, if you've seen it, there's like the section where that uh, buggy catches on fire. <laughs> they're trying to pour uh, water on it and sand on it and all that stuff. That's the goat trail down into um, Via de Trinidad. And I'm coming down that thing and it's like gnarly and rough. And I'm like, wow, this, okay. I'm, you know, 40, 30 miles. <laughs> it's already hard. <laughs> well, maybe I, was, maybe I was longer. I don't remember exactly how many miles that was in, but it's less than a hundred out of a thousand. So I'm kind of like doing a little bit of panicking in my head about how hard this is gonna be. And I get down the road, I'm going down the road, and long road section, you're limited to 60 miles an hour on the roads for safety now, and so it's pretty relaxing, honestly. I'm going, I'm like, I gotta pee again, I gotta pee again. And I'm like, well, I'm not pulling over. I guess Chris Blaze is right, I gotta pee in my pants. And what's also hard to explain is, since we've been young, young children, we've been trained and trained ourselves not to go to the bathroom in our pants, right? <laughs> we have not <laughs> gone to the bathroom in our pants in a really long time. It's almost impossible to purposefully pee in your pants. Um, it's crazy how hard that is. I don't recommend that you try it, unless of course you're in the thousand. Um, but sure enough, you finally do it. And it is honestly hilarious <laughs> to do because yeah, you're peeing in your pants. It's ridiculous. So I pee my pants going down the highway at 60 miles an hour in Mexico. Um, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> so the race continues. We're going, we do the old Perseus Road. The, it's getting out of control because I'm on a stock motorcycle with stock suspension. And the thing is absolutely beating me to death. I, at this point, had no idea how to tune anything. I mean, I had been to mechanic school, so I knew how to make something run and like hold together, sort of, at that point. <laughs> yes, Matt Simpson, thank you. All the kid, cool kids are doing it. Shout out to Adam Sandler on that one. Um, so I, 
I'm going, and the thing is just killing me. The bike is killing me. I mean, absolutely. I'm having zero fun at this point. I'm 200 and something miles in. I'm having no fun. I'm getting passed by everybody. I mean, it's out. Of, it's not any fun at this point. I get to El Crucero. There's my. I've had pits already, you know, gas and stuff like that. I get to El Crucero about 350 miles in. There's my chase guys, and they come run up to me. They're all fired up, you know, excited because here I am. And I'm not excited. I've got the worst look on my face. Everything's going south. And they can see it. And I get off the bike. And they're like, how's it going? I'm like, it, it's, uh, it's all right. And I, I sit down in a chair. I'm like, something's wrong with the suspension. You guys got to back everything off. You know, open up the clickers all the way. I don't know. It's terrible. It's beating me up. And then another one. So I have three guys, my super duper heroes, uh, Roger Paxson, Mike Lindau, and Jeff Davis. Three of the best friends any human could ever possibly hope to have. Mike, I believe, I think it was Mike, <coughs> comes up to me, leans into me, and goes, Morgan, hey, Charlie, what's happening, man? Um, Morgan, I got bad news. I'm like, God, what bad news? And he's like, we forgot the extra wheels for the tires. And I'm like, what? At this point, I had no idea what a moose was. I didn't have any, I had no clue what a moose insert was. I, I'm running tubes, and these guys have the only other set of wheels with tires on them. I didn't have money for real pits, so no one else had tires for me. We had a plan to change it halfway, which is about San Ignacio. And he tells me that they don't have the wheels, they're gone. And like, I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean they're gone? He's like, I, I think we left them in Ensenada. Okay, so now I, realizing the bike sucks I suck I got no extra tires I got no way for you know if I get a flat I'm screwed and I still have 700 miles left that's <laughs> that's awesome so I get back on the motors like I take off go down through Bay of LA the Sun's going down our by the way already so we put the light on the bike because um, I'm already that slow um, well it wasn't going down yet but we knew it was gonna go down before San Ignacio so we got the light on and I'm going along, and I remember being out south of Bay of LA, going along just out these gravel roads, smooth sections, going pretty, you know, pretty fast. Not, you know, at the time, I felt like I was going fast. Now I know I wasn't. But, um, and I remember just thinking to myself, I can't believe I've put myself in this situation. I really, really am out of my comfort zone. I have no idea what I'm doing. This is absolutely insane. And I go along, go along, go along. I finally start getting passed by trophy trucks. And that is another experience that, that now, I mean, they've, they've separated things now and the bikes start way ahead of the trucks and then the night and all, it, the, the Baja 1000 has changed completely now. Um, and I know people still get passed by trucks, but probably not as early as I did. And well, in a lot of the fast guys don't. So. As as the sun's going down, well, actually, the sun was down. It's dark. I got my terrible light that's like holding a candle out in front of me. No helmet light, no, you know, every turn that I had to slow down for, it goes dim. Like, <laughs> I can't see anything. So I'm riding at like a 125, like, trying to keep the RPMs up. And a light comes on behind you. And it's really not like, I don't know, it's, it's crazy. You wouldn't think that you would notice it, but you notice it immediately. You see this light, you're like you ahead of you, and you're like, you know, it's obviously coming from behind. Like what the? And you turn around, and it's a lot like the sun coming up. <laughs> the trophy trucks have so much light on them, it's like you can feel the heat from miles back. And at that point, I hadn't been passed by one yet, so I didn't really know the terror that I should be feeling. Uh, that I would eventually come to feel and know um, and embrace even. And the sun is coming up every day as it comes up over rises, this light, and it's still forever back there. Finally, it catches up to me. I get out of the way. It goes by. And the cloud of dust that it leaves behind you is, or behind it and in front of you, is absolutely impenetrable you can't see anything especially with a light on the bike it just lights up all the dust and you can't see anything Tyler Banks was happening and it is the most <laughs> so it's nighttime in Mexico um, 450 miles into this silly race that I've decided to do by myself and I can't see anything Eric cancer what's happening it's nuts right 
So I push on, push on, push on. As I'm getting closer to San Ignacio, more trucks are passing me. They're honking at me and revving motors. It's out of control, just whatever. And I'm getting closer and I start thinking to myself, man, that last pit with my chase crew was really bad. They could tell how bummed out I was and how much fun I wasn't having. I really got to put in, put on my best face because I'm going to finish this thing and I don't want them thinking I'm going to die out here. Even though I was thinking I was going to die out there, I didn't want to put that on them. So as I get close, I'm coming in, I find him. I'm like, all right, dude, be cheerful. Like whatever. So I pull in They're like, how's it going? I'm like, Bruh, I'm tired. And it's, um, feed keeps stalling. Oh no. I hope that is not everybody. It's not stalling on my end. Um, the, uh, <laughs> yes, Sean Hernke, absolutely. So, uh, thanks, Charlie. I'm going to keep rolling here. So, um, I am, I pull in, my guys are like, like, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. And like, okay, sure. So I move on, you know, I get off the bike. They're checking the bike out, checking the oil level, everything, make sure everything's good. They give me food to eat. Here comes a trophy truck <laughs> through the pits. And, you know, they're like, you know, they're all excited to see trophy trucks. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, yay, trophy trucks. And I hate them by this point because <laughs> they're passing me and they're terrifying. And they're <laughs> ripping past me. And as the one goes by, I take an opportunity to make a joke that I still love. And it goes by and I look at my friends and I'm like, hey, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm like, what's up? I'm like, you know, every time one of those trucks go by, all I can think is, man, that guy's a pussy. Sorry about the word. <laughs> if that offends you, I, whatever. I'm offensive. Anyway, I'm, I started making fun. I'm like, those guys just sit down. They got rebreathers. They got fresh air. To, and so we all start laughing. We're all joking about how ridiculous I am to be on this dumb motorcycle. and But how soft it is being in one of those. So I get back on the bike. Now I'm, I've got a renewed confidence in my situation that... I'm like, uh, heck with you guys, I'm finishing this dumb thing. I take off out of San Ignacio, which is a really cool place. If you ever get to Baja, stop in there, it's beautiful. Um, and I blast on down, and it's actually a really fun section. It's smooth, there's some whoops, but they're sand whoops, and they're really kind of fun. Um, we got the bike working better, so it's all good. I'm going along, and then I have one of the greatest moments uh, of my Baja career. Um, as not a great career, but it's happened. So I, uh, I'm going along and I see a truck out ahead of me and then I realize I'm getting closer to it. I'm like, what the heck? Why am I? And I'm getting closer. And then all of a sudden I realize it stopped and it's over on the side of the track and clearly broken. It's not, you know, the lights are on, but it's, it's not moving. And I <laughs> like the smart ass that I am. I pull up and I, I lean in the window and of course they wheel around look at me like I'm like is there anything I can do to help you guys and <laughs> the number of swear words that came out of their mouths after that after the dirt biker asked if he could help me help them was hilarious so I take off going down the road um, things are going it's craziness eventually the Sun comes up uh, I get to the Sun was coming up just outside of Loretto for me and um, I <clears throat> get to my chase crew. Um, they take the light back off the bike. I actually got to call my wife from the middle of the race on a satellite phone. That was super cool. And get back on, take off. I have a moment of almost falling asleep before that. Josh Hartler was happening, <clears throat> which you can't believe that you can actually almost fall asleep riding a bike through whoops in the desert, but you can. Um, so now a full 24 hours has happened and now I'm heading up into the mountains over the peninsula from Loreto side, which is the, the Sea of Cortez side to the Pacific side. And I'm going up over and the road is just hammered, washed out from this hurricane that it hit. And it's, I mean, it's crazy, uh, <clears throat> crazy how rough it was and how many times we had to cross this river because the, river, the road was gone. I think we crossed it like 70 times in 40 miles. I don't know. It's nuts. I mean, Anna knows, and I don't think she's watching this morning. She's probably actually working. Um, and it was a million crossings in a million miles. <laughs> and 
Um, I remember one of the other like just indelible moments, one of those moments that will just never leave you. I'm pulling up to this huge river crossing. It's really wide, so it's not very deep, fortunately. But this super wide river crossing, I'm looking at I'm beat, man. And now it's sometime in the mid-morning or afternoon the next day. And I'm like, I can't barely hold on to anything. I'm looking at this river crossing. There's a uh, guys on the other side with drowned bikes. It's, it's just mayhem and chaos. <clears throat> and I remember this uh, buggy. I, I don't know if it was a class. It wasn't a class one. It was something smaller than that. Pulls up behind me to pass me. And he goes out of the river. And I... <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, ah, jerk, like, because I was getting ready to go, and he just charges in front of me, and he gets about halfway out there, and, like, finds a hole, and kills it in the middle of the river. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I was so stoked. So stoked. I was like, ah, ha, ha, four-wheel guy. And so I burp, 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 I get across the river, barely, you know, it's terrifying, because I just don't want to crash. And this other guy, this is all part of this moment, like, you just... Like, I can replay it in my mind like it was yesterday. This other guy weighs me down. And he's like, hey, hey, man, do you have a spark plug wrench for an XR650? I'm like, what? Yeah, of course I do. I'm thinking in my mind, of course I do, but you don't? And he's like, no, I drown my bike. I got to get the water out. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. So the, uh, uh, Corey, you ask how hot it is that time of year. It's not hot at all. It's beautiful in Mexico that time of year. It's cold at night and in the mornings, actually. Um, I don't know what the actual temperature is. It probably doesn't get more than like above 75 at the hottest. So the only two, I opened my tool pack two times. Part of the reason I love the XR650, you see the arguments that I got into on Facebook if you follow us about what the greatest bike ever is. But part of the reason I think it's the XR650 is in a thousand miles of racing and a guy that does not know what's going on um, and a bike that was poorly prepped, honestly, um, I didn't have to do anything to it <laughs> except for um, I opened my toolkit once to give this guy my snap-on ratchet and socket and I told him I wanted it back. And then the only other time is, so I leave that guy, I'm out of there, I take off. I see my guys again. It's the last time I'm going to see them before the end of the race. I got like 100 miles left and they're going to meet me in La Paz. And I'm like, I get there, we talk, I get something to eat, get some water, fill my camel back, back up. All right, I got to go. I don't even think about the fact that the sun's going down. I didn't even notice that the sun was starting to go down. And I still had the stock light back on the bike. So I take off, get into the silt beds, the huge silt beds, the monster truck eating, trophy truck eating silt beds. And I go out into them. I, I won't even try to describe silt. It's like liquid dust. It's the hardest crap to ride through ever. I've ever been in in my entire life. It's easier to ride through fender deep water than it is silt. Um, it's crazy. So I make it through the silt beds. Now it's getting dark. And I realize I got no light, really. I have a stock light that doesn't work really well. And it's aimed straight up in the air because we were worried about it. So I stop and I'm just like, I gotta, you know, it's dark now and I'm trying to aim this light. And the only other time, uh, thanks, thanks William. The only other time I've ever uh, opened my tool pack, the whole freaking race, the only time is to pull a Phillips screwdriver out and aim the stock light on an XR650R. If anybody's ever owned a 650R or any really stock headlight on any motorcycle, like off-road motorcycle, it's like literally, okay, not literally, it's figuratively like holding a candle in front of the bike. You can't see anything anyway. I'm trying to tune the thing and I get, and it's going down and up pulls this dude on this really shiny, um, yeah, I know, the phone rang, I don't care. We're not open yet. So the, the, uh, <laughs> thanks Matt. Um, so this guy pulls up on this really nice looking Honda with a really good light on it and he stops ahead of me and he waves me to come forward. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, nah, I'm telling God, no, what I got it. You know, I'm like, give him thumbs up. I'll, I'll figure it out. You know, I'll get out of here. And I'm trying to get this thing aimed and I'm <clears throat> whatever. And he's just sitting there and he won't move. He keeps waving me on. I'm like, so I get the light aimed as, as it, you can't see anything. And now it's dark. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moto Minded. This is long before Moto Minded existed, I think. This is 2006. Um, and I seriously had zero money. <laughs> I was, I still have zero money because of motorcycles, but um, I have a lot nicer motorcycles now. Um, so I got this eight inch, I, I had an eight inch intelligent. Now I got this stupid little thing with a plastic lens. It's all fogged up anyway. So I, I get on the bike, I'm taking off, and this guy, who doesn't say a word, not the whole time he hasn't said a single word to me except for wave me on, pulls in behind me with this bright freaking HID and gets right behind me. And the course, if you've ever raced it, if you've ever been down there, from like going down into La Paz, does this other goat trail thing that's this gnarly two-track, and it's gnarly, huge big holes in it, big drop-offs, thanks Jim, crazy stuff, and I, I mean, I've already been down it with a terrible light on my 400. That's another great story, by the way, with Anna um, following me. So this guy follows me, and he's standing behind me. He could have blown me out of the water and taken off with that good light, but he didn't. He stays behind me and, like, help basically saves my butt and gets me down to the pavement. And I get down to the pavement. There's my guys. You know, I got another few miles to get into town to, to the finish, but there's my guys waiting for me and they're freaking out because I was like a long time getting there and they've been up for a million hours too. Right. So, um, the, uh, <laughs> thanks man. And, uh, I, um, you know, they're freaking out. Like um, I finally realized like it all comes together that I'm going to finish this thing. My, <laughs> I'm actually not going to die out here. I'm going to finish this dumb thing. I, and it's, I'm freaking out and look at those guys and here pulls this guy up this, that saved my ass and he pulls up next to me and I wave him down. I'm like, I got to give him a hug, man. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. Like, you know, it's, it's very emotional situation. I turn around and I give this guy a hug. I just grab him. I'm like, thank you so much. You saved my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I look in his goggles and he's Japanese. He's this freaking Japanese guy. He doesn't speak a word of English. I'm like, and he just, he just nods and, and then he waves me to go ahead. I'm like, no, no, no. I can see, now I'm on the road. Dude, you get to win this race. Like, I don't know where you are, where you started, but you get to win today because you saved me from dying in the desert by myself. You get to win. I'm coming in behind you. That's all there is to it. I don't like competition is out the window now. I just don't want to die. And you kept that from happening. So go. So it takes out, turns out the guy is a Honda employee who like manufacturer from Japan who comes over every year and races and he was racing solo too and um, was like seriously one of the most benevolent nicest thing that's ever happened to me I mean it was just so cool to have that happen I was so stoked so I finished the race I've now <laughs> you gotta understand I've finished the race I go in, there's still, it's crap. I'm 36 hours on the motorcycle. 36 hours of racing, if you can call it that, to get there. I'm still under the time limit, so it counts. I, you know, I get to count as a finisher. And there are people everywhere. And they're cheering me as if I've done something amazing. Like as if I'm one of the winners, man. Um, Eric, I never did get his name, unfortunately. And I, I wish I had. Uh, the people just, I, someone out there, Hopefully someone watches this and knows his name because I guess he used to come every year. I don't know if he still does. Um, and he's a, obviously a wonderful man. Uh, so there's people cheering. Like, it, it's crazy. You're on the finish line. Of the, it's now night again. So, like, I've raced from 6.30 in the morning all that day up to the next 6.30 in the morning all that day and into the next night. And there are people partying and... Yeah, I don't know his number though, Eric, unfortunately. So we should, we can figure that out. That's a great idea. Um, and so there are people partying. They're asking for my signature. Um, the, uh, and it's like, I mean, I'm signing, I'm signing babies shirts. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, um, Talladega Nights, you know, I'm <laughs> signing kids, signing heads, signing whatever. They're taking pictures of me and the whole time, it's funny, like, all I wanted was, like, 88 beers and, like, 30 million tacos. Um, but the other thing I could, all I could think about was the fact that I have now peed my pants countless times. I'm covered in urine, dried urine, and I'm in this, the people running around. It's craziness. And, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> and I just remember, 
that like my my guys finally get to me because they had to go park and come in and find me. The guys finally get to me. They're we're hugging, we're free, you know, like we no one can really believe it because it was one of the largest undertakings of my life, and I just basically did it off the couch. I had no idea if it was going to work out, and we pulled it off. And I say we, I didn't pull it off. We pulled it off. Those guys, my chase crew helped. The guys from California helped me. Yeah, shake and bake. My guys from California helped me prep the bike. I would have never, the bike never would have finished if I hadn't met those guys on Star Trail outside of Taylor Park before that race. I wouldn't have pre-run the whole thing. I wouldn't have had the bike prepped right. I would have broken it. It's like, it all came together in this crazy thing. So the next day we go, of course, it, the other thing, I fall asleep that night with a beer and a taco in, you know, one in each hand. Fall asleep, get up the next day, we go to um, the awards ceremony, and I'm walking around before the actual awards, and no joke, I find the dude who I loaned my ratchet and socket to, um, and <laughs> thanks John, and the guy's got my ratchet and socket. <laughs> and he, he's like, dude, I was looking for you. Thank you so much to save my bacon, man. I got the water out of the bike, and I'm like, oh, awesome. So we, you know, it, it all goes on. I get like one of the most amazing moments of my life is that night, it's the awards, and they, all of the solo finishers, um, and I don't know how many, there are only, there's just a, I don't know, maybe 16 that year or something like that. I think I was 11th, so not very good, but I'm still there. Um, they let us all come up and like hand us a microphone in front of all these people and got to um, say thank you. And it was the coolest thing ever to stand on a stage in front of like all the heroes of our sport are out there. I mean, Robbie Gordon, I mean, it's everybody, right? And they're all out there and you get to say thank you and like have them hand you a trophy in front of it. It's the coolest thing ever. Um, and something obviously I'll never forget. Something I wish I had video of, but I don't because I don't, I, I don't even, I did have a cell phone, but I didn't use it like I do this one. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't a teenage girl back then. But, uh, um, so yeah, it was one of the most amazing things ever. Super duper duper cool. Um, and honestly, I highly recommend it to anyone out there that wants to try to do something um, big. Because I do believe the other thing about that, the whole situation is that what that gave me in confidence after I finished that thing and we pulled it off and I didn't die and the motorcycle made it, um, even though I didn't prepare and I didn't really know what I was doing, that confidence boost is what led me here today to right now to own this um, uh, shop. Because after that, I was like, dude, I can do anything. Like if I can pull that off, I can do anything. and and here I am. So, uh, Eric said, how old were you when you did the race? I was 30, uh, let's see. So it was 2006, 31, 31 years old when I did that. Um, I am going to do it again. Um, Jim Sones, if you know, if anybody has ever heard of Jim Sones, I think it's Jim Sones is definitely his last name. Um, he won the solo race that year at some redonkulously low time. Uh, and he was he was 40 or over 40 when he did that. So no reason to not do it. Yeah, no flat 36. Thank you for mentioning that. No flat 36 hours. So yeah, I love mooses and I don't like flats. And Eric Croy, what's happening? Um, the amazing, I put enough air in the freaking tires that I did not get a flat the whole time. Oh, by the way, those tires were slick. A thousand miles of riding in Mexico. They were basically just round balls um yes i was just a kid it was epic <laughs> um uh the just in just absolute craziness um so yeah there's my solo baja 1000 story thank you so 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 much for tuning in and listening to that i hope you guys enjoyed that man um i have so many amazing stories about baja from in times past so just a quick, uh, the rest of the the rest of the story about me in Mexico. 
Uh, we went back in 2007. Sean Hernke, who was watching earlier, I don't know if he's still here, and I had a team. Uh, we raced from, that year was from Ensenada all the way to Cabo, so 1,300 miles. Justin Monroe, what's happening? Um, that was uh, a blast, uh, super fun being on a team. And then we, I went back in 2010 with Anna Cody on the, uh, um, uh, we were on a CRF 250X in the 125 class. We got second that year. That was super awesome. Thanks, John. Thank you for saying thank you. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to all my ramblings on uh, the internets. Man, I, I am just thankful for every one of you. Uh, I really, really, really appreciate it. When am I going again? I don't know. I got to figure that out. Um, the, thanks, Jim. Uh, the, I wanna, I, I'm going to go race in California. Um, uh, the, uh, <laughs> I got nothing done. Good. I don't care. That's good. Baja story is good. Um, <laughs> thanks, Eric. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Hey, by the way, Punk Rock Club, thank you for sticking around to the end. We had a ton of viewers on this, so thank you all so much. Leave us a rock and roll sign uh, if you're still here. Um, we're going racing. If anybody wants to come with me, it's absolutely 100% sure. January 24th through the 28th, I'm going to be in California in Lucerne riding dirt bikes. So I'll be racing on that Sunday, whatever that Sunday is, 27th, I think. Um, the... Uh, um, awesome guys you guys are awesome thank you so much for tuning in if you like this like it on the thing and please Sean Hernke I next Sean Hernke we'll talk about our stories um, like it share it tell everybody about it I really appreciate it also trying to build a YouTube channel go to YouTube it's youtube.com slash Highland Cycles we've got stuff there um, punk rock club song i think what do you think sick boys matt andreas sick boys would be a great one for the punk rock club i think um we'll do outros with that maybe um yeah guys i just can't say thank you enough um it means the absolute world to me that you guys are here you say things you make comments i really really appreciate it like i said at the beginning of the show the weather's gonna be awesome and i really 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 hope that you get out and ride your dirt bikes <laughs>